sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. North Melbourne is the team that plays to win for you and me. Jared Waite. I'm your host, K4. Fresh from his expedition to Sean Atley's pantry, we have Quiver joining me tonight. Welcome, old mate. How you going, K3? I'm going very good, mate. Thanks for that. And our guest for this evening is young Happy Dude, who's joining us live from the Levi Casbolt Kicking School. Welcome, Happy Dude. I'm the only one here. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, he's not working on it. (laughs) Well, I don't think so. Watching this year, I'll often say so. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think anyone's been here for decades. <laughs> <laughs> True that. Um, for tonight's podcast, we're doing things a little different from the last few times, seeing Nate's not here and we did a previous podcast earlier in the week. So firstly, I'll run through what's happening, been happening on Big Footy, so it's been a busy week. And then question time with Quiv, who will also run through the review of Boomers 400th and the preview against the Blues, and then we'll finish off with a proper interview of Happy Dude about good old Carlton Blues. Now, moving on, firstly, there's been a bit happening on Big Footy, but firstly, we'll start off on a lighter note. See, Nate's not here. I can make fun of him. So, as our listeners probably already know, Nate in the past has been previously involved in the awkward flirting stories, Fred, and has contributed quite a few stories himself. Um, one of these stories, which is on page 180 of the thread, started with Nate describing to Big Footy that he had a weird experience at the public toilets. That never starts a good story. At South Bank, and I won't reveal anything too disgusting for our more cultured listeners like Twinkle Toes. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically, Nate gave Big Footy an update saying that he was reporting from the Dunnies from South Bank toilets and his Tinder date wasn't going very well. He then moved on to dinner and an angry ex ran into him onto the date and Nate had to explain the situation to his new missus. Then good old Nate got a text from his ex and she said she wanted to spend some more time with Nate. Zondor and KC and Twinkletoes knows what this is. Causing Nate to spit out his food all over her in laughter onto his beautiful date. Obviously she wasn't too impressed about the whole situation but Nate with his limited charm and intellect managed to woo his date back to her place. Now, when Nate walks into her bedroom, he notices quite a few obscure things, like a gimp mask, a gag ball, so he was excited by this the most, and a female blow-up doll, all of which she wanted to use, which caused an early end to the evening. Now, it's not confirmed if she was, in fact, Zondor's sister, but it's quite apparent that it was. Anywho, (laughs) I can hear you. Um, anywho, moving on to something a little more serious than Nate's adventures in Frankston. Um, I wanted to move what's been happening on Big Footy as a whole. 
So most of us know about the treatment of Adam Goods on and off the field, and he's actually pulled out of this week's game, I believe against Adelaide. And I wanted to get your opinion, Quiv, and then I'll also, also ask our guest, Happy Dude, on why do you think Adam Goods is being booed? And is the media and AFL itself only inflaming the situation by telling people not to boo? Quiv? Uh, I think we discussed this on our first ever podcast. Uh, we did too. Game. Um, and I said back then, I wasn't a big fan of Adam Goods, but look, he's being booed because, essentially because of what happened with that, that Collingwood girl. Um, that's where it stemmed from. Uh, obviously it's getting worse and worse. Um, he's not helping it by doing these war dances and just being Adam Goods. And then, of course, we've got the media telling the supporters to stop doing it, and nobody likes being told what to do. So naturally, the supporters are going to come out and continue to do it, and it's just going to get worse and worse. And mm-hmm. so now I got to the point where it's clearly affecting him, um, and he doesn't want to be part of the game anymore um, until it stops, I guess. So do you think it's racially motivated? Um... Look, I think everyone's racist. Everyone's a little racist, um, if they want to admit it or not. Uh, a lot of people would be hard to admit there is some racial undertones there. I think it's a small minority that are doing it purely for the racial aspect. I know I personally don't boo him. I got bored of it the second time he touched the ball against us. But um, I, I would because I don't like the, the person. I don't like him. But, yeah, there's definitely a small minority that are doing it for racial reasons. Mm. Uh, what are your thoughts, Happy Dude? Um, I think uh, if, like, you have a player, um, I'm in the same camp, I'm not a big fan of Adam Goods, um, getting booed for reasons like um, there was that, that groin hit he did against Richmond as well as um, a few other things recently and just the way he, he has that air of self, self-importance around him um, can subject himself to being booed but uh, the media telling us that we're doing it, or, well, I haven't done it myself, but the media telling the crowd that they're doing it because they're being racist and to stop it because it's racist to do that, but then didn't speak out against the, the booing of uh, Stephen Milne over the years. Um, I think that's just uh, fan the flames, and it probably would have died down by now had there not been the media attention, and it's it's not going to go away as quickly as what it would have, um, like the the Joe Watson booing um, in Western Australia. I think he got booed the next week as well. Um, that died down relatively quickly. Even though there was media hype around it, it wasn't to this extreme. Mm. Well, I suppose when they involve race, it's always going to be a sensitive issue kind of thing. And that's yeah. probably why it got sensationalised as much as it did, like a lot more than the politics or anything. Racism in sports very a very touchy issue in Australia. It's always has been since the days of Wimmer, you know, Showing off his skin colour, you know, like people have, people have not always liked discussing racism in sport in, in Australian society, that there's a, almost a taboo, so to speak, about discussing racism in a, you know, intellectual sense. Yeah, um, there, there, there is an issue of um, racism in, in sport. Um, like, it does come up quite often at games. You hear racist comments made and, you know, things like that. But I think um, the booing of Adam Goods didn't start out as a racist thing. Some racist people jumped jumped on board and some people on social media made some racist comments over Twitter and stuff like that, but they are by far the minority. And by making it a racist issue, they've 
like the media and the Swans have made it a far bigger issue than what it would have been. Mm. Well, I, th- I think it's more it's getting towards a, a societal type of issue. Mm. It's discussing race, race and Australian heritage and history. Um, I reckon it's also a sense of tall poppy syndrome. I know Nate and I discussed this earlier in the week, but you know we don't like people standing above us too much that we don't like people thinking they're not equal with each other and I think some people gain the sense that Adam Goods thinks he's better than everyone else and that's not my opinion that's just the sense I've gained what do you think of tall poppy syndrome quiz um uh, look I'm I really think he brings a lot of it on himself uh with his attitude um Obviously, tall poppy syndrome would be there as well. Uh, but he just, to me at least, he comes off as a very arrogant, um, all about him type of person. And a lot of people just don't like that. Uh, I definitely don't like that. I've never been a big fan of him way before this, uh, Collingwood supporter thing, what, two years ago now. I've disliked him since long before that personally. Um, mm. I'd imagine a lot of people also have done this, uh, disliked him as well. Yeah, well, I think some people bring up issues from the past. Like, he's always been booed to an extent, but he's not not to this extent. Like, I know uh, Westerners, this, this Western Australian crowds are probably the worst in the sense of booing. Uh, yeah, I mean, you'd never expect it to get as bad as it was uh, last week. And oh, it's beyond it. Beyond you got to top. It's, you know, it's... Part racist, but it's bullying now as well. And, mm. um, you know, singling out this one person, it's, it's, yeah, it's gotten, gone way too far. Mm. And, uh, p- probably has. Um, we're starting to run out of time a little bit already. Um, we'll, so we'll move on to question time with Quiv. So I've got some questions from Nate for you, Quiv, if you're right. Yeah, go for it. Righto, so Quiv, how long before weight has a mother goose of a meltdown? Look, it wouldn't surprise me if it happened this week against his old mob. They they know what make him tick. So what would he do? <laughs> no, he might whip out an old headbutt against somebody. He's done that a few times in the past. Uh, yeah. Or he might accidentally, you know, he likes to put his leg out when he's jumping. He might accidentally kick somebody in the head. So... <laughs> If, if we knew what made him tick, then um, we probably would have been able to control it a little bit more. I don't think anyone knows what, what makes weight tick. <laughs> and if he does tick in his head. Exactly. Yeah, I think he's more of a talk. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a lottery with what you get from Jared Weight. So, you know, he could come out and punch five people. Who knows what he's going to do? Alright, next question. Quiv, it appears some of the North Melbourne players are getting in the way of Sean Atley's raw abilities. How can this be remedied? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, oh, I'm still angry about Jack Zeeble burning him off the other week. Um, just, just get out of his way, let the man do his thing. Sit them all on the bench if they have to. Just, we had the same fear of Goldstein doing that. <laughs> Can we try that strategy this week? <laughs> well, if there was one team, Carlton would be one of the ones to do it against. So. Oh dear. Um, now, a question from Nate for me. Um, he asked me, even though Carlton are Melbourne-esque, well, that's harsh, 
I still think oh, this shape. <laughs> <laughs> I still think this shapes as an elimination final for North Melbourne. Which areas of the game could hurt us if we're typically lazy? Um, probably in the contested football, Carlton's been pretty very good this year. Like I know they've had a few down games, but they have a good contested ball brigade. Young Cripps and Murphy, and Murphy not so young, but he's still still classy enough player to you know, really turn it up against good opposition. Still had a few touches last week and was one of a few good players. Um, so I said contested footy. I don't think they have enough on the spread to hurt us, but um, if we start bombing the ball in, we're just we're not gonna. You know, they still have some all right um, tools back in their defensive fifty with young Rowe back there. He's, he hasn't had the worst year, but he hasn't had much support. Um, I'm not sure if Henderson will go back. I think they'll keep him up forward, but I think he's a better backman, to be honest. Um, so do I. Mm. Um, tackling's been a good feature since Mr. Mick Barbecue went. Um, tackling's definitely lifted. The intensity's definitely lifted. It's just they lack a bit of polish, a bit of confidence, similar to us at the moment, really. We're just a slightly better version of Carlton, if that's a bad thing to say. Um, so finally, Quiv, where did you see Boomer's 400th? Um, uh, it was, uh, the game of, as a whole was pretty boring to watch, really. It wasn't the best game. It was pretty scrappy. Uh, very happy to get the win, um, continuing the, I guess, the streak of milestone wins for Boomer, which is good. And your man getting a win on his 100th? Yes, uh, yes, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know why it was all about Boomer, really. Um, should have been all sure, Natalie. Should have been a yeah. big, big picture of him on the banner. Yeah, that's right, and I'm a bit disappointed I didn't get an Atley special jumper, but I don't know, 300 games later, I might. But <laughs> Pick the optimism up. Yeah. But I mean, look, he's the guy's still got it. He's, what third most touches on the ground? Admittedly, a lot of them handballs, but the guy, he's 400 years old and he just runs non-stop and he's still dangerous. It's it's really quite incredible to watch. Mm, well, you, I think he'll overtake Fletcher this week because I don't think Fletcher's back either. So, cause I, he's forty years old now, Fletcher, and he's just he's starting to break down a little bit. Like he's still got his pace, he's still got his big lanky um, Inspector Gadget arms, but I think Boomer's going to overtake him. Quick Spartan, yeah, I think he's going to get to the games record next year. Oh, he he definitely will. He will pass Tuck. Without a oh. doubt, uh, don't care what Brad Scott says. Stop trying to act tough, Brad. Oh, it's the sack uh, Scots. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to drop him next year. He's not going to go to Hawthorne, Damian Barrett. You idiot. He's going to be playing at North next year, and he's going to be passing Tuck's record. Like hasn't enough. he lost some credibility? Hasn't he, Damian Barrett? Oh, he had a little. What little he had, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, he's, I think he's a North man, isn't he? Um, um apparently. There was a poster on the main board that said he is the mouthpiece of JB, and I had a crack at him. Yeah, I mean, I've seen him at the BNF a couple of times, or I'd imagine most media go to most BNFs. But, um, mm. but yeah, <laughs> whatever. Could be worse. We could have Caro rooting for us instead of Richard. <laughs> <laughs> at least she'd be on our side then, though. Oh, yeah. She's been nice to us. She's been attacking Essendon, or the Scum, yeah, so. She's got a, a venom pit to focus on someone else at the moment. Well, Fraun likes me attacking Essendon, so we might have a quick discussion about them. How, how much in... Happy Dude, how much shit are Essendon in? Oh, I hope it's a lot. I can't stand them. Like, yeah, if, if anyone... there, I, I hope they finally 
get caught caught up with um one of their cheating escapades goes wrong for them after all the shit they've done over the last like 30 odd years that from the head hunting to the I know this is going to sound funny coming from me the salary cap cheating in the 90s pot kettle black um yeah but we, we copped it unlike them yeah you did too they got you off. did too they got off um and still yeah still trying to recover months. from it really yeah I, I don't like when people use that excuse now because it's been you know nearly 15 years like that's our own administrator's fault for not being able to recover from that well, we have 90 years of reasons to hate Essendon. Mm. Ever since that VFL stuff where they stole half our bloody team. <laughs> <laughs> sneaky yep. bastards. And then they, were, then they were winning premierships during wartime, the sneaky bastards. Yeah, they, well, that's just it. They've got a flag from winning a, a round robin instead of a grand final. They're the only team to get a flag from cheating the salary cap, which they did twice. I think we have a bit, but we've only gone over by like, you know, that 50, 60 grand in the 90s, and I think one more time in the 80s or something like that. I think everyone got pinned for that though. Yeah, pretty much everyone got pinned. When we went down, they, they declared an amnesty when Evans was running the AFL because he knew Essendon were guilty and wanted them to get off. Mm. So he declared an amnesty. I think the only teams that haven't been done for being over the salary cap in their history is Collingwood and Richmond. And that's because Collingwood were too poor in the 90s. Mm. Um, one more question before we get the preview about good old Essendon. Which country will James Heard go to when he gets found out that he's guilty? <laughs> Has to be a French-speaking nation too. <laughs> oh, there goes Syria. Uh. <laughs> there's, uh, there's some French speakers there. <laughs> oh, whoever's got no tram tracks over their bicycle. Oh, we can go to Algeria. <laughs> they still speak a bit of French. Where's Edward Snowden right now? <laughs> oh, we'll send him to Canada then. They got a, they can he can have all the universal drugs he wants then. He always erectile drugs there. He's skin tanning drugs and whatever he wants. <laughs> his melatonin. Yeah, that's <laughs> his boner pills, his typewriter skills. Oh wait a minute, wrong pills. Um notary. Tanya's taking notes as we speak and preferring a all suit against Stern. Look, um, moving on to the preview, um, you want to launch into that, Quiv? Yeah, yeah, no worries. So, um, obviously, we're coming up against the Blues this week. We go in with no changes um, in Jared Waite's 200th game. Uh, Carlton have made four changes with Brad Walk, Blaine Johnson, Liam Jones dropped, and Nick Holman suspended. I have no idea who three of them are. Um, yeah, young Hulk. Was that the Bruce when he hit Bruce in the head and late in the spoil? Yeah, and, yeah, um, I think and so. Gibson, Gibson just got fined for doing the exact same thing. Oh, so did Wade and Fredo, but anyway. Yeah. Moving on. And in but, for them is, uh, Troy Menzel, who'll be good to watch, actually. I'm a big fan of him. Cameron Wood, so Goldstein should have fun with that. Uh, Clint last one. And Carrots, Carrazzo, so. Italian for turnover, yep. Yeah, I can turn over. <laughs> And Clem Smith, who's, I don't know. That guy. Yeah, I originally thought I, I thought it was that Bulldog player, but I think that might be Clay Smith, so I don't yeah, know who this Clem Smith guy is. No, Clem Smith is uh, it's his first season. Okay, then. All yeah. right. Yes. So he's, he's just a young, inexperienced kid. Is this his first game, is it? Or? Um, no, he's played a couple early on. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, so I see, 
I guess I see Jamison most likely playing on the deepest board, uh, which will most likely be Brown or Petrie rotating. Um, Sam Rowe will take whoever Jamison's not on, I would imagine. Tui's most likely to follow Wade around the ground, try to capitalise on Thomas? all his brain fades. Uh, Tui on Thomas. Normally oh. takes the best small. Well, uh, I didn't really... If, if Tui plays on Thomas, I think we're in trouble. Because Thomas has got... Um, he's too football smart for Tui, I think. Yeah, that's why I thought weight was probably... Mm. Oh, so Buckley will probably go to Thomas. Well, yeah, I put, I put Buckley on Thomas. Yeah, I've put uh, Buckley and... Uh, uh, let me scroll over here. Doherty will try and keep the small forwards quiet. Uh, all depends on where Thomas starts as well. I mean, he's named on the bench for all we know. He could be sub again. So, um, I've got Yaron attempting to run off the back half-back line, uh, which will tear our slow midfield apart if he can get a hold of the ball. Which, get his uh, head out of his ass. Yeah, that too, you know, but mm. North like to play people into form. Uh, Yaron's a guy that could probably not use some form, so he... I could see him getting on the end of a couple, running through the midfield. Uh, let see. Kerno and Carazzo try to stifle our mids of Zeeble, Cunners, Swallow. Uh, good luck to them with that. Yeah. <laughs> Who does Simpson. Jacobs go to? Jacobs, uh, I see him going to Murphy. Um, it's probably their best ball user. Um, so you don't really want him getting the ball much. I see that uh, Ben Jacobs nullifying him quite easy. I'm not sure how Murphy takes the tag. Uh, Cade Simpson will just go about doing what Cade Simpson does. Uh, he's a very underrated player, I think. But, um, what else have we got? We've got Sam Wright. I see uh, lining up probably on Tut or Everett, most likely Everett. Uh, try and keep him quiet. Everett likes to bob up for a good game every now and then. Uh, see Spud Ferrito going on the bigger Tom Bell. Uh, I think that's about it, really. Okay, that's similar to some of my matchups. I've got Tarrant on Casbolt, Thompson on Henderson, and Ferrito on Everett, though. I don't think that's a great matchup because Everett's a bit quicker than Ferrito, I think. Yeah, um, a bit, bit lankier as well. Yeah, he's actually a pretty pretty good player in his day effort. I think he's very underrated. Um, but he'll act as a third tour, wouldn't he? Yeah, that's what he's been doing mainly this year, pushing up the ground a little bit more yeah. and trying to fall back to fill the third tour. Yeah, you're lucky in that third tour. Um, right on Menzel and McDonald on one day resting mids. That's what I've got oh, from yeah, the matchups. Yeah, about McDonald. Interesting to see him named on the wing. Oh, but you know what it is like. He'll play the J Mac Atley role. Him, him and Atley will switch between wing and halfback. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Play that Jack J Mac role. Is someone chewing in the background or something like that. Uh, that might be me. I thought <laughs> <laughs> someone was chewing something. Sorry, I'm playing with my ventilator inhaler. <laughs> I was thinking, what was he doing? <laughs> <laughs> playing hungry, yeah. hungry hippo or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought he had some Tic Tacs. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, you, you guys need to sound more confident, I think, because um, normally when I go to do a preview, I look up some stats 
courtesy of footywire.com. And I've got Carlton's stats in front of me if you want to hear some of our awesome stats from this season. Oh, go ahead. Oh, don't get me wrong, I'm very confident. <laughs> yeah, just oh. naturally pre- pessimistic as North supporters. Yes. <laughs> Ranked 13th in the league for kicks per game, 14th for handballs, 15th for disposals, 14th for marks, 16th for points, 18th for tackles, 13th for hitouts. That's harsh. Yeah, that's... Yeah, meanwhile, North Melbourne are fifth for points, third for hitouts. So this Gold figure... infinity dicks yeah, there. Oh, yeah, mm. and one man wrecking crew, third in the yeah. league. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, and uh, being North Melbourne are also 15th for marks per game, so that tells me that you guys have been playing a very running, like handball-happy type game this year. Yeah, no, well, we tried to up. emulate... Um, Kind of like a Hawthorne wing wing type of thing. Um, yeah, I haven't seen many North Melbourne games this season. No, thing. but it's turned into running gun like a 2013 mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair um, enough. We tried to get Atley more involved because he's, he had a poor start to the season. Quiv will probably murder me now. Um, <laughs> but, he had, but now we're trying to get, you know, use a bit more youth. So we've got Turner and Garner and, you know, a bit more youth running through, and Brad Scott's been a bit more ruthless. Like, he dropped Thomas for a little while. He mm. put Harvey as a sub. He's been... He knows his time is coming to an end if he doesn't do anything. Yeah. Have you had a lot of players go for, um, like, long runs down the ground? Because I also see he ranked uh, 14th for kicks and 15th for marks. And oh, he, he likes running down the wing. He's one of the best kicks, most penetrating kicks inside 50. Um mm. That's what we like to use him for. We like to use... We use McMillan for that. Um, now we're using Atley and Harvey Higgins. for that, trying to link up with Higgins and get Higgins and even Thomas further up the field. So Because he's a good field kick, and we're trying yeah. to get him to deliver towards Petrie and try and do a bit of Pagan's Paddock kind of thing. We tried. We did that yeah. a bit against um, Brisbane, and Brown and Petrie got off the leash a bit. Um, Waite's been in all right form, like he's... Not kicking a lot of goals, but he's tackling a lot. Like, he's, like, fifth in the league for pressure acts in the last four weeks or something like that. Yeah, I like him playing up the ground like he has been the last couple of weeks. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's good at doing that, roaming up. Um, yeah, I, I just think with our um, lack of tackling and chase, shown in the stats being 18th, um, and your, um, like, obvious move of the ball by running it down, I think um, Richmond did it to us towards the start of the year. They just... Um, ran openly down the wing, um, unopposed, and I can see the game style looking very much like that again, where um, in the in the contests around the ground, the packs and stuff, it'll look a bit scrappy and uh, almost even, but as soon as um, it spreads out a little bit, um, we won't be able to chase, or we, not, we just won't chase. So we what's the issue with that? Is that more of an experience type thing? Like, I know you, you've got some foot speed there, like you've got Yaron sitting there doing nothing, though. Like, what's mm. been the issue? Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I can't. I couldn't tell you. Like um, when um, when Barker first came on as coach, there was a definite lift from the players. You could see in the demeanour of the team on the field that uh, there was a big lift and uh, got some confidence back. After a couple of weeks, we knocked off um, Port Adelaide and then um, uh, whoever else we played the next week, uh, the Suns. But they were both the players lifted and chased and tackled was the big thing there. And then we've started to revert back. So. It couldn't have just been a simple change of coach thing. I don't know if um, they just needed the off season to reset with a when we bring in a new coach um, and get a new game plan going, or 
whether Barker has, you know, just can't fire them up as much, but there just seems to be no hunger. So, you know, that's probably asked the first part. My next question is, um, I wanted to ask, in a general sense, what's gone so wrong for Carlton this year, but also what has gone right? What has gone right? Um, I think uh, the for having such a bad year, um, the way looking for a new coach, we've actually appointed a panel to do that. Um, I can't remember specifically who's on it, but um, like we, it's the first time I can remember in our entire history where we've appointed a panel to go looking for a coach. Because even thinking back to like having Jezelinko as a coach, um, like you know he just sort of he got the role and then. You know, Percy Jones and Parkin and then gave it to a club great and Robert Walls. There's just no real looking, um, for a great coach in, in recent history. You know, Pagan, Ratton, Moldhouse. There was mm. no, no committee. So I think forcing us to hire a proper committee to do this job, uh, is something that's gone right. Getting experience into the kids is something that we needed to do. Tom Bell has been probably one of our biggest improvers this year, I feel. So that's, that's a positive right there. Um, yeah, just, uh, Doherty, after being injured, is starting to get a bit more, um, defensive acts and make less stupid mistakes. He still does a few per game, but, um, yeah, there's a few times where, uh, we came close to beating Fremantle and he bombed it out on the full, which cost us our chance of winning pretty much. So, in terms of your younger players, so, who has genuinely, you know, who do you think's underrated in your particular team, like, People wouldn't know, say, how good a young Graham is, for example. I'm a big fan of Graham. Um, he's got uh, one thing over the last 15 years. I haven't really seen us draft that many players with footy smarts. Um, just simple things like uh, I see Graham do. Like um, you're running into 50, you've got a one-on-one contest, and he'll kick it into the space um, on the side of our player that can run onto the ball a lot easier instead of trying to kick it into the middle of the contest like a lot of our players do. Um, yeah, I think he just needs some size. I like Graham's ability. Um, I think he's a little underrated. Um, Tom Bell's season, I don't know, um, outside of Carlton football circles, how that's been. Um, certainly early on. I, I, f- I thought he's dropped off the like, last few weeks, but he yeah. certainly... Yeah, he's been getting some attention, so he just needs to learn to deal with that. Um, it's the next sort of step in his development, but uh, I think I think he's impressed me, um, to be perfectly honest. Same with uh, Menzel's great to watch, um, but he's been getting a little bit more attention... Um, as well, and he just, that's his next step, is learning to deal with it. Um, as with kids, when they start to show a little bit of promise, they start to get more attention from the opposition, and it's just learning to deal with that with a couple of them. Well, how's his defensive work? Because he's got, he's probably go against, um, Sam Wright, who's one of those intercepting medium types. He's been one of our better players, so how's his running the, the defensive way? Um, it does need a lot of work. His um, his tackles don't stick is probably the main thing. He will um, if he gets beaten in the contest, he'll chase, but he's he can't land, land a good tackle yet. He's um, almost too worried about fully committing and then losing the ball anyway. Um, maybe moving on to the club itself. Um, at the start of the season, a few opposition posters or were having a discussion about whether the Carlton. I even had this discussion on the sympathy thread with one of the Carlton posters about whether the Carlton Football Club has a cultural problem in the sense of a divide between the club and the fans themselves, like particularly in terms of fan engagement. Um, what, what was your sense? Did your club, you feel your club has a cultural kind of problem or are you on the right track now? 
Um, it, it feels a bit better than it was. Um, we're definitely heading up the right track. Um, we've had there's definitely been a big gulf between like the club not doing things to really engage fans, but um, like I've seen a couple of um, this this season as a as a social club or member, um, we've had more functions happening. Um, more uh, players coming into the rooms before games, which um, it happened, but not as often. Um, after after game functions, um, members have been able to go to. Um, haven't been as good because we haven't been winning, but just simple things like that to bridge the gap between the, the members and the club itself. Um, as far as on-field performance goes, I think there's a big cultural problem going on at the club. Okay. Um, in terms of strategy for probably next year, what would it take for Carlton to be more competitive next year? Um, is it the continued promotion of youth, or would you look towards maybe free agency to get some experience quality in, or is it just getting a better coach with an established game plan in? Um, I reckon bringing a fresh coach, um, someone like Stewie Jew, I'm an, I'm an advocate for. Um, someone with a new coach with fresh ideas, uh, more of a, with the players we've got, uh, a quicker game plan, a more um, run and carry sort of fast rather than bog we'll down. We'll give you defensive. Brad Scott. <laughs> yes, yeah, please, no. we'll pay you to take Brad Scott. <laughs> <laughs> You'll probably pay us to take weight as well. Yeah, while you're at it. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I did say new coach. Um, yeah, yeah, with some ideas. Um, I think we could use some free agency or trades to bring in some experience um, in some areas, like uh, mainly the forward line, because oh, I think Henderson's a better backman and Jamison's not going to last forever. Um, Sam Rose a little bit older I, from memory. I think he's like 27 or so. So I think Henderson going back, maybe bringing um, bringing a free agent. Forward, I can't think of who would be off the top of, off the top of my there's head. There's been a bit of funny discussion about some of our fours. Like I know there's been I mentioned there's been mentions of Black from us leaving. There's been mentions of even Thomas leaving. Mm. Um, maybe they're even options. I don't think Black will probably go to you because he's a West Australian boy and Fremantle yeah. want him badly. Mm. Yeah, I, I can't think of any names, but we we do need some experience. So I'd go for maybe one, maybe two free agents, depending on obviously who, where, and how much. Um, otherwise, I'd attack the draft pretty hard. Um, young team, new coach, all learn together. Um, I think that's the way to go from here. We can't try and uh, quick fix ourselves up the ladder because that doesn't get us anywhere. Well, I bet um, young Adam Trelaw, there's been a bit of mention about him, about Collingwood, I think. North's been mentioned, Richmond's been mentioned. Would Carlton look at an Adam Trelaw type player? Um, I, I, I definitely would. Um, the, because we're obviously going to finish quite low on the ladder and have a high draft pick, um, that might mean our, we could package our second with something if they'll take it, but I don't think we'll be able to with um, like you guys and, say, Collingwood. Well, we offered him a seven-year deal at 500000 or something like that. Yeah, then yeah, that, that's just it. The cost. I'd like him, but the cost might be too great, especially for we are because like, our first round pick will be too valuable. Because of Dale Thomas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look where free agency got us there. <laughs> you can play Mick for that one. <laughs> oh, wasn't wasn't that obvious? <laughs> um, oh, Chris, do you have any questions for Happy Dude? Um, just one. I was thinking of just then. Uh, you mentioned you're a big advocate for Stewie Dew being your coach uh, next year. 
who do you think your club will actually go with? Though uh, I don't really see him in the equation. I I personally think Brendan Bolton is the one who's going to get the gig. But you obviously follow it a bit closer than I would. Who do you see being appointed? Um, Brendan Bolton is uh, probably the favourite I see at the moment. Um, there was another one that I actually I'll just double check because I saw earlier someone mentioned. Uh, they thought would be the the number one. Uh, sorry, <laughs> who was it? Pike was uh, mentioned earlier. Someone thought would be quite close to the running between Bolton and Pike. Mm. And I, I I didn't even consider Pike to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be happy with Brandon Bolton too. Um, I I don't think John Barker could do it to be honest. So um, no, no, I don't either. No, I was uh, I was a bit uh, worried to say the least, when they announced him as the interim coach. He's done better than I thought he would, which speaks volumes considering he's only won two games. <laughs> um, you should get a North Melbourne type coach. All the successful ones are, like John Longmire, bloody um, Clarkson played for North, uh, Simpson. Should get yeah, that's, North boy to do it. That's true. When you said getting, when you mentioned coaching and bringing in someone from North, I had nightmares again of Pagan. <laughs> <laughs> We'll give you Mick Martin. <laughs> Jeez, that brings yeah. back bad memories. <laughs> no, um, throwing money at a problem, you used to fix it 40 years ago, um, and we haven't evolved from that. So as far as free agency goes, bring in some experience to help the kids, but mainly focus on the kids, young coach bringing in um, new ideas, developing a team of kids together, you know, um, build, building from scratch, basically. I think that's the way to go. We started to get somewhere with Ratten. I feel when we had him, his game plan wasn't defensive enough to carry us through September, um, and he needed to do a stint at a successful club because before us, his stint was at Melbourne um, to sort of learn a bit more about coaching. And I feel uh, his next senior coach appointment, if he chooses to take one after Hawthorne, he will be a premiership coach, no matter where it is. Um, thanks for joining us tonight, mate. That was real good. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, thanks, Quiv, also for jumping on as usual. Yeah, no worries. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in and have a good weekend.